0: Have a nice Apodcalypse. It's the Richard Kelly Retrospective Series. We talk about the man's work, and we also talk about, specifically, Southland Tales. I am one of your co-hosts, Marcelo Pico, and with me, as always, because I I can't do this without him, it's Marcus Serving. Hello, Marcus.
1: Hello, Marcelo. Hello.
0: Hello. How are you doing
1: this nice uh, Sunday morning? Uh, very tired. Ah. Oh. Uh, but I'm trying to wake myself up quick, and 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 uh, that's not so hard because we do have a very exciting episode today.
0: We have an exciting episode. It's it's the it's the Empire Strikes Back of the trilogy of amazing episodes that you promised. Isn't
1: isn't this <laughs> isn't this the Return of the Jedi? Or no, I've turned the Jedi third.
0: The Return of the Jedi is third. Wait, was that a serious question? <laughs> <laughs> wait a second I don't know
1: star <laughs> wars very well
0: it's 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 uh, a 9 30 a.m on a Sunday morning now i, I i'm at a, I'm at an age where I can either go two ways in, in, in my in my um cinephile status right I could either go the curmudgeon right. way where I'm really mad at people for not knowing the basics uh some would say of movie knowledge or I could go the other way where I could just be like whatever. You know, people can watch and, and, and know whatever they want. We don't have to all know the same thing. So, I could have said, hey, Marcus, you fucking idiot. Of course, The Empire Strikes Back is the second movie in the trilogy. Or I could just go, oh, that's fine. You don't have to know that. It seems important, though, but you don't have to know that The Empire Strikes Back is the second movie. So, I'm going to go the nice way because I'm, I'm a nice guy. So, I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You don't, You don't need to know all oh, this, Marcus.
1: I haven't. Look, Star Wars has never been my favorite thing in the world. I, I watched it as a kid, blah, blah, blah. And I thought it was cool back then. And then I kind of just grew out of caring about it, really, at all. And I've, I've been meaning to watch, you know, the old ones again. Uh, and I I sincerely, for for how ubiquitous it is, I, I really thought... I really, really thought it was like the the end. Is it not the one where Luke I'm your fo- I'm your daddy is? That's Empire Strikes Back. That is Empire Strikes Back, and there's an entire movie after that? Yes, yes. It continues on, Marcus. Um
0: after the Empire Strikes Back, uh episodes Sit. wait, hold on. Four or five Episode five is Empire Strikes Back, Episode six, and this all plays into folks, we planned this. This all plays into Richard Kelly and Southland Tales. Because how yeah, does Richard true. Kelly split up his chapters? Oh, sorry. How does Richard Kelly split up his movies? His movie, I'm saying? Into chapters. And he has that mm-hmm. uh, prequel comic that he splits up into chapters.
1: Yes. The man's yes. all about so chapters. This, this is... Uh, okay, so this is Chapter 5, Temptation Waits. Yes.
0: <laughs> that, yes. See, you understand that, that more yeah. than there Star Wars, go. right? Okay. Okay. And, yes. then, and then the next chapter is what? Chapter six?
1: Chapter six is Wave of Mutilation. Yeah, exactly. And chapter four is Memory Gospel. Yeah. So, folks, you've already
0: heard me- Memory Gospel last week, last episode, right? With our, yes. our, our great guests, uh, Tara and Thomas, right? Yes. yes. Ba- banger of an episode, right? That was part one of the real, trilogy. Real big banger. But, Marcus, talk about the, the, the next two chapters real quick and and, and remind people what you promised.
1: Oh yeah yeah, yeah, I promised. I promised we would get a trilogy of great guests for our final three episodes to finish off the film Southland Tales and uh uh for our our first our first uh, our first in that our first part in that trilogy, our memory gospel, if you will, uh we grabbed uh, two of our previously two of our favorite guests that we had had on. Uh, before this, and we had them uh duke it out in a death match to find out who could become the best guest guest. And just in case you're listening to this one uh for the first time, which I would imagine is a very big possibility, uh, you can go back to that one, find out who won between our friends Tara and Tommy Marinara. <laughs> and uh, we um How- but for the and for this, what's that? Can I? Yeah, I wanna, I want
0: to jump in and interject here and, and ask something now. How does Thomas feel by you calling him Tommy Marinara?
1: I did it on that episode in front of him multiple times, and I don't know if he had a problem with it or not. Because <laughs>
0: I, I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, that's just. Uh, that's, he, a question. that's his Twitter.
1: Hand, that's his Twitter name. He called he's, uh, his Twitter name is Tomas Marinara.
0: Is it? I, I guess I never noticed yes, that. It OK. Is.
1: All right. All right. Oh, well, you know what? Fair so, enough. So even if it weren't, I'd bully him with it. <laughs> okay, um, I'm a big good. bully. You, yeah, I I, I wanted now,
0: to, I wanted to get that across for the people listening, is you're yes, a big bully. Exactly. Right, all right.
1: Continue. Yes, exactly. So this is chapter eleven, and uh here's where we get here's where we get the real meaty stuff. I mean we had previous guests come back, now we're gonna have celebrities. Celebrities. Right? Absolutely celebrities. Uh, people that are important in their fields, and uh, before this, before this, if you're a regular listener, you know that we always use do the joke that we would we refuse to enter or to uh to a name who were uh our guests in the intros. But I believe in these instances for chapter eleven and twelve, we're gonna have to name who our uh, guests are in the intro, which we will in a bit. In a minute, okay. In a
0: minute, okay. But before that, we, I want to goof around a bit, okay?
1: Yeah, let's that's, that's let's fuck around. Let's do this. Uh, I, I don't necessarily oh, mean boy.
0: Uh, I don't necessarily oh, mean goof around. Boy. But we got to get to the important. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, there is
1: uh, actually some news. news. Richard
0: Kelly news. Richard Kelly news. Okay, but 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 you were Richard done with that Kelly thought, right? News. You you were just about to yeah. say who it was. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to who it is. Who oh, it and, is and,
1: uh, drink check. I'm drinking a Mountain Dew. It's nine in the morning.
0: Uh, drink check. I let's pretend I had a little bit more time before I sat down. I would have had an Earl Grey tea. That's what. I, that's what I had this morning. Great. But uh,
1: right. But right now I don't. have a wake up drink.
0: Right now I don't. Right now I don't have anything. But pretend I did that.
1: You're um, a healthy person. I am not.
0: Uh hey, listen. Uh I'm. I'm gonna go have brunch. Where I'm gonna have possibly a whole bottle of sh- of, uh, of um champagne. Uh, so, who's the healthy person now, Marcus? Mixed with a
1: whole gallon of orange juice.
0: <laughs> basically. <laughs> I'll have plenty of <laughs> mimosas. Okay, drink check. That's what we're drinking. Uh, what's the next segment? Um, Richard Kelly News, right? Richard Kelly News. Richard Kelly
1: News. All right.
0: <sighs> so, last week, or last episode, we talked... It was basically a cliffhanger in the intro. We were like, hey, Richard Kelly, the man himself... Is going to introduce at the uh, American Sima Tech his. I'm guessing. I'm gonna take a wager that it's his personal print of the Khan's cut in a theater with an audience. He's gonna well, do I, that.
1: I'd imagine. I'd imagine.
0: Yes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So he did that two nights ago on Friday. This is Sunday.
1: Yeah. Out, out there, there in California. Yeah. We
0: out there in L.A. Right where the movie is set. Even like mm. imagine that now and, and, and we theorized and hey I, I, I think I did it more than you Marcus I think I pressured you into like being excited about the possibility of Richard Kelly doing something insane doing something uh, uh, like announcing something or, or, or I don't know performing something on stage that everybody You're would be like oh my god man, yeah right?
1: like something some, some something good could come of this
0: as far as we know
1: nothing happened <laughs>
0: He yeah, just, I tried yeah.
1: searching it on Twitter. Uh, people, that, I found a, ha- a, like a handful of people that were there, and they were tweeting about it. There was a nice little picture uh, from uh, a man named Bobby Castro on Twitter, and I appreciate them taking the picture of uh, Richard Kelly there um, uh, during his introduction uh, before the film started, uh, standing there with a microphone and pointing... Uh, uh, perhaps a, a villain came in and he was uh pointing <laughs> to the security guards to take John him out. John Lovitz came in he goes there's John Lovitz <laughs> John Lovitz stormed the building Richard Kelly says stop that man and points <laughs> at him uh, They finally got him <laughs>
0: Uh but yes. no oh and, oh uh, I uh can I can I shout out somebody else who was there who I know please please A mutual uh, who I've been following for years hmm. uh, at uh, Mugen Talks M u g e n t a l k s. They're protected right now. Their tweets are protected, but uh, good guy. Mm, Unfortunately, uh, um, but he he posted some pictures of um, Richard Kelly at the post screening Q and A, and you know uh, it's it's nice to to see proof of life of Richard Kelly. You know because. He, you know, he, he. I'm guessing he doesn't make too many, or who knows? Maybe he makes a lot of public appearances that we don't know of, Marcus. But it's nice to see him uh, out there, excited, talking about his movie again. You know?
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It's a. It's. It's nice to have him uh, doing something in the public eye. Doing something. Like Do one something. of these days. Like, look, all I can imagine is he's in his little creature, his Jim Henson creature workshop. Uh, <laughs> Or his little Frankenstein's lab, putting together different pieces of uh, different scripts that he's written, and uh, and being like, "Wow, well this will work." And he's trying to make the perfect creation to come back to film with. Um, and yeah. we just got to keep waiting. We got to keep waiting until that day. He, um, he, but he's very much
0: like a Terrence Malick figure. All right, Terrence Malick took what like. Like uh, 20 years between movies at one point. So Richard Kelly can also take a break between movies.
1: Yeah. 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 The man, the man, and the man deserves it. He put out three films that were uh, good. (laughs) Three, Uh, three good films. (laughs) So he does, he deserves a break. And, uh, or, or perhaps uh, he's just simply, maybe he's just totally retired and uh, we can let the man live his life occasionally coming out to say, "Hey, Hey, I made a movie.
0: Yeah, and look how relevant uh, it is way, now.
1: Either way, uh, we love him to death. Uh, well, well, hey, we we've heard talks that uh, uh, James Cameron himself, Jimmy C, he told uh, 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 Richard Kelly. Richard Kelly was working on on uh, a, a true sequel to Donnie Darko, and apparently, uh, he showed uh, Jimmy C those those uh, those script pages and. Uh, and, uh, Jimmy C said, Hey man, this is great. You got to keep working on this. So like, look, Jimmy C is about to have the comeback of a lifetime, been 10 years off the screen. Right. Yeah. Except 10 years. for his little submersible documentary thing. His passion so, projects,
0: his, his hobbies on the side. Yeah.
1: Of course, and he and he produced the the great Alita Battle Angel, mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies of the last ten years. Mm-hmm. But 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 he's about to come back, make Disney nine point three trillion dollars probably with the Avatar re release, Avatar two, and then three and four whenever they put those out. So maybe uh, here's our plea to James Cameron. Yeah, how about how about you just shave off a few of those bucks? <laughs> Give them to your man, Richard. Yeah. How about that? How, yeah. how, how would you feel about
0: that? How about this? I got something. So news, ca- news uh, broke a few weeks ago saying that James Cameron might not direct all the Avatar sequels. Wow, right? I I didn't know that. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna verify this, but that's I believe what I heard.
1: Who? Now what? Now, jeez, what? What filmmaker could be fit to take that over? Now,
0: what filmmaker? I don't know when exactly he'll he's gonna he's gonna say I'm done. Maybe the trilogy. Maybe he after Avatar three he goes. You know what? I I did three. I'm a trilogy guy. That's good enough for me. Who would direct Avatar four? Hmm. Who Jeez. could direct Avatar four? I Count don't I know director. if hmm. Who could? that we knew who could direct
1: an avatar or would it be it cool if they for, directed f- for who, somebody, somebody, somebody with a vision somebody with a clear vision who's somebody kind of, who has you know, worked in sci-fi a, before you know. has worked in sci-fi somebody who sci-fi. has even though they had very little budget to work with every time, they've always managed to create breathtaking visuals in their films. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, uh, You know what? Uh, just imagine. I know. don't know, actually. I don't know. I really don't know, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh... Wait. Hold, no, wait, wait. Hold on. I, I. Okay, I just turned my gaze upwards. I'm watching this film, Southland Tales.
0: Yeah, South Tales. Okay. Who
1: directed that? Richard No, sorry. J Richard Kelly.
0: I forgot what his first name is.
1: Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: Uh-huh. Um
1: Hmm. Wait. What if Richard Kelly did it?
0: Wait. Oh my god. Marcus. Oh my god. You're a genius. You're a oh bi- my fucking you're a god. billion dollar genius. What if
1: Oh my fucking god. I'm a billion dollar genius.
0: We're just theorizing here. What if James Cameron does just say, "You know what? I've done three. I'm gonna pass the baton." Who knows? I, you know, you in, in, in 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 all honesty, it'll probably be Rob Rodriguez. You know, that'll be yeah. That's that's, yeah that's that's the most yeah, uh, obvious. Yeah, uh, yeah. there's like there's no there's really no yeah. other no other person who would do it. It'd be Rodriguez. Um, but then hey, if they want Avatar six, Richard Kelly. Eh. Richard Kelly.
1: Um, okay, another, so another person who has a first name that starts with r
0: (laughs) (laughs) so james cameron has two options richard kelly or robert rodriguez two r's there we go uh all right so that's the that's the kelly news uh we already talked about what we're drinking let's talk about the third segment uh what are we watching what are we watching
1: oh sure god yeah okay have i watched
0: anything which (laughs) since last week (laughs) since we talked uh, I gotta talk about one. Let, uh, let's do one each, if, if if you even have one, Marcus. I don't. Um, you don't even have one. <laughs> Sorry, it's no. it's just gonna be me. Uh, these you next... get two. You get two. <laughs> I get two. Okay, I get two. Don't worry. I have I have been watching movies since the last time we talked. Uh, I have a problem. I'm, I have a problem. Apparently, uh, I have a friend. I won't name who it is. I have a friend who I think legitimately thinks I have a problem with with watching movies. Sometimes oh, one. Man. Two at a time. Is this crazy? Is is watching two movies in one day in a theater crazy, Marcus?
1: No, no. Look, we all have our hobbies, Marcel. This is your number one hobby. Yeah. Uh, my number one hobby is spending a bunch of money on fucking Silent Hill merch bullshit that I don't need or want really. Yeah. And your hobby is like the way that you get your jollies off is you <laughs> head to the theater and you sit in the The darkest corner of the theater and uh who knows what you get up to back there but you do enjoy the film
0: you know
1: i do yeah i do enjoy the film
0: and i do enjoy films and yeah i watched a few films this week i'll get into two and then next uh, uh intro i'll get into maybe two more but it's not two more uh i saw top gun maverick again uh
1: marcus which yeah so what's that seven times in theaters
0: uh no actually it came, it came out on digital uh and i bought it for 20 bucks and i was okay. just sitting at home uh tuesday morning working and i go you know what i'm allowed to buy top gun maverick for 20 dollars, and i'm allowed to play it while i work so that's what i did it, it was my sixth time seeing it overall so i've seen the movie six times and i still love it i love top gun maverick
1: you really, really love Top Gun Maverick. I love Top... It's
0: it's hard to say, and maybe I'll say it you know, sometime in the future, I'll get into more detail, but it's become sort of a comfort movie for me uh, this year. Now, why would I need a, com- a comfort movie, uh, and why would a 2022 movie be a comfort movie for me? Again, I'll get into that you know, in the future on another podcast episode or something I'll write, but for now, I'll just say, yeah, it's nice to see it over again, and... Uh, it's it's great uh to play in the living room because I was worried. So I was like, well, shit you know, uh, will it have the same impact on me seeing it you know at home versus in a the theater? Because the last five times I saw it in a the theater, uh, amazing. But hey, it does work at home. So there you go,
1: Top Gun Maverick. I don't know. It's good you, to know. I I, uh, I don't I, know. I do have that waiting for me here at home. I I need to watch it. We did purchase it. Yeah. Uh.
0: I and I think I can't remember if we talked about it on or off mic. Uh, Marcus, but you have a problem with Top Gun. Uh, I, the, first the, top,
1: the first Top Gun, I didn't like. I thought it was kind of military propaganda. Which I love fair. Tony Scott. I saw some Tony Scott in there, but uh, it, I don't know. It, it, it is my least favorite Tony Scott movie by a mile. Here's the thing. One last thing uh, I'll say. I didn't enjoy it at all.
0: One last thing I'll say on that, right? This feels less, and you know, much respect. I love Tony Scott. You know, but even I'll say Top Gun is not in his like top five even of movies. You know, I love Tony's. I mean, my number one Tony Scott's Man on Fire, and maybe even Domino creeps up there, right?
1: Um, he got better as he aged.
0: Yeah, you know, I hundred percent. Yeah, even Days of Thunder is much better than top gun for me you, okay right? uh,
1: that's interesting because i was almost thinking like oh god days of thunder is going to be the same thing but with racing i might not
0: no no, watch no. Uh, 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 please watch days of thunder it's a it's a bit more tony okay. scott it's a bit more it's i mean of course it's less you know propaganda <laughs> um uh, well, yeah. and it has michael <laughs> fucking rooker as Tom Cruise is like, uh, uh, he, he's basically playing uh, Iceman, <laughs> t- uh, Michael Rooker.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: and Nicole that's Kidman's in it. Ah, oh, you know what? There's a lot going for oh, Days of Thunder, uh, more than Top Gun. But anyway, but Top Gun Maverick feels, you know, less like a continuation of Top Gun in terms of like the 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 points of view and like the production, and it feels more like. Uh, a continuation of the work that Tom Cruise and uh, Christopher McQuarrie are doing. You know, it it doesn't make a lot of sense now. You know, me saying it, but if you like see the progression of like you know Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation, Mission Impossible: Fallout, and then you see Top Gun: Maverick, you go, oh yeah, the same creators behind those movies. The writer, for sure. Um, the same producers are behind all these movies. And it does feel very much like a Tom Cruise vehicle above everything else, which, uh, which I appreciate. That's good. Yeah. Cause I do, I do enjoy those a lot. Yeah.
1: And his work over the last 10 or so
0: years. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the MacQuarie cruise collaborations in the past, I think you'll, you'll very much enjoy Top Gun Maverick. So that it stands on its own outside of the first movie like that for me. So it's, it's, it's basically its own thing in like the current age anyway. Yeah. We could talk about Top Gun, Top Gun Maverick forever, but I don't want to talk about Top Gun Maverick forever. I will talk about one more mo- one more movie and then I'm going to close this off. Okay. I watched I watched uh, the Big Lebowski again. Is that anything? <laughs> is that- oh, yeah, <laughs> so I did I did, did
1: I did see that. Uh that's a that's uh definitely that's a, that's a Cohen Brothers movie. Brothers. Well, how, how do you feel about the Coen Brothers, Marcus? I don't love them. You don't
0: love say. them? Okay, this is a- I don't I don't. Th- th- this is good to get inside the mind of Marcus. I have O'Reilly.
1: a very, I have a very complicated Cohen brothers history. Like I, I like, uh, man, I, Mike. Okay. I'm so conflicted on the Cohen brothers. I shouldn't even have said I don't love them. Cause honestly, I'm still trying to figure it out. What have you seen from them? I mean, a, a good deal. Uh, Blood simple. I despised. I, I, I think it's, I I think it was poorly made. Um, Let's see. What else do we got? Big Lebowski, I think, is fine. Uh, They have a certain tone that comes off as kind of uh, like, we don't really give a shit to me. That's how I read it. and. You know, I, I can respect that. I can I can respect that, and sometimes it does work. Like, uh, fucking, it works for me in um, Burn After Reading. Uh, that same exact tone, uh, where we're just gonna like hopeless cruelty. Yeah, <laughs> like, re- really bad things are gonna happen to people that you may or may not care about, and uh, who cares? But you said you liked Burn After so, Reading. I do. Okay. Yeah, I, I I like it a bit. A bit. I, I don't love it, but I like it. Um, no Country for Old Men is one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I think it's uh, flawless, absolutely flawless, uh, a perfect movie. And then, and then, what do we got? the The Netflix movie, uh, Buster Scruggs. One, Buster Scruggs. Yeah, I, I liked like two thirds of that. Yeah, I didn't love all of them. Like, I, I thought the the gold. Uh, the gold pandering guy was maybe a little like that one went on for too long. Yeah. And, but, 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 it's but, but it's uneven. Yeah. Uh, if I, if I probably looked up Coen brothers movies, those aren't the only ones I've seen, but raising Arizona, duh, ugh. you don't like raising Arizona. I did not get a single thing out of *Raising Arizona*. I don't get it, which is fair. I recently saw that again for the first
0: time in years uh, at an outdoor There's, screening here in town, and I was like, "It's fine, but it's not a favorite yeah, Coen Brothers movie."
1: Their movies just kind of lay there for me, like that. I don't know, and that worked for *No Country for Old Men* because that movie also just it lays there. There's very little, like rising action or change in tone or anything. Like it all just kind of is what it is. Oh brother, where art thou? I don't care about man. It wasn't there. I enjoy that one. Uh, That one's good. Have you seen Miller's crossing? I have not seen Miller's crossing. Uh, the lady killers I thought was bad. Fargo. I hate Fargo. Yeah. yeah, That's fair. Just, just don't, just don't listen to me. I don't know.
0: No. Okay. I'm. I'm just gonna say one thing, and 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 this will be it. Okay, Miller's Crossing. Watch that. Try to watch. I okay. Real quick thing on Miller's Crossing. Okay, the the new Criterion release cuts out lines of dialogue, which is insane. I think the Coens. Okay. The Coens. I don't know why they did this. I don't know why Criterion released it and didn't release like both versions of the movie. But a new cut of the movie takes out some key, set, key uh, uh, um, lines that many fans of the movie did not appreciate and were mad about and wrote articles about. Um, so that's why I did not buy the Criterion. I kept my old uh, Fox Blu-ray. And I rewatched that hmm. um, not too long ago because of all this uh, controversy. And I was like, oh, the the, the movie itself, it works. It's I, I love Miller's Crossing. And it, I think it's more in line with um, No Country than any of the other ones. So you might like Miller's Crossing. Okay. That's okay. my suggestion. And yeah, but again, if you watch the Criterion, you, uh, you, you can look up what line they took out. But it's it's, it's a strange line to take out. Um, it, it, it was a fan favorite line in particular that they took out for the new that's, Criterion that's, cut.
1: That's very interesting. interesting. I had no idea about that
0: anyway that's weird that's my recommendation for you and then and then if you watch most honestly marcus if you watch miller's crossing and you don't like it then you you can profoundly say corn brothers eh, not you know
1: yeah. except for a few not for me which is fine yeah 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 but that's it yeah so i gotta see miller's crossing and i gotta see true grid i mean i true
0: Grit is solid i I gotta watch true, true Grit, is right? solid. Right, yeah speaking of solid This intro is going too long, so we got to have a solid ending. Solid,
1: solid. Speaking of solid, we got a fucking rock solid guest today. (laughs) Who's the guest? Star. Our guest is Alec Robbins. You might not know the name, you might know the name, you definitely know the work of this man if you're on Twitter and you're extremely online. Uh, this man has written uh, the Mr. Boop is his most famous uh, cart is his most famous cartoon. He's a he's a comic artist uh, making fun cartoons. Uh, he has a Patreon uh, patreon.com/ dot com slash Alec Robbins. Uh, we're just going to do some plugs up quick. Uh, uh, we, uh, he, he is currently in the middle of writing uh, uh, volume three of his series Crime Hot. Um, I enjoy the man's work a lot. And uh, I was honored to get him to come on our show. And uh, currently, uh, I would just like to point you all towards, if if you have not read uh, Mr. Boop, it's a great introduction. Uh, it's it's a really funny comic. I, I, I recommend it wholeheartedly to everybody. Uh, you can buy a hardcover copy of that. Um, I believe uh, you follow him at, at Alec Robbins. I believe you can find all the details there. Uh, but currently, I would also like to say, perhaps you're already a fan of Alec Robbins. Uh, you, you're probably tuning into this, saying uh, uh, you're an Alec Robbins fan, and you're like, what the fuck is this show? Why is he doing this? Uh, I don't know, but... <laughs> Um, if you do listen to this, you still have time. If you're listening to this, like right as it comes out, you still have a little bit of time. Alec Robbins is currently nominated for an Ignatz award from uh, smallpressexpo.com, um, uh, for outstanding collection for Mr. Boop, uh, for that hardcover that I just mentioned. Um, anybody can vote on this. It's a totally open fan, uh, vote thing. Uh, all you have to do is just put in your email or whatever, and then they'll send you your ballot within a couple days. Uh, I voted. Uh, I hope. Uh, I hope uh, Mr. Robbins has a big gold trophy coming to him in the mail very soon. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That's that. That's who we've got today, Marcel. And we had a we had a really fun, frenetic, kind of all over the place conversation with him that I, that I am uh, very interested to see what the reaction to is. <laughs> <laughs> I am too solo, would you
0: say? Uh, I would say I'm a big fan of, of, of Alec uh, uh, do everything that Marcus said and listen to and enjoy this episode and, and 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 see for yourself how good of a person Alec is as as we talk to him for the next hour or so all right that's my challenge to you listeners I'm calling you out
1: it's the Alec Robbins Southland Tales Challenge. It's <laughs> Take hashtag
0: Alec uh, Apodcalypse Challenge. All right? <laughs> Figure that out. Spe- <laughs> spell it how you think it, it should sound. <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's enough. I, I think that's, that's, that's a good long intro for a good episode. Marcus, any last words before we toss it to ourselves?
1: Uh, hit it, Moby.
0: we're back whoa what an intro Ooh, another solid yeah intro,
1: great marcus great great intro uh oh. we had a lot of fun in there we had a lot of fun uh, uh everything the stuff we talked about was really good was the modern music that you heard in between moby the little bit of moby yeah um
0: which i have, I have a feeling we'll talk about moby you know uh uh later yeah. and then maybe in the next episode Yeah, solo. yeah yeah,
1: yeah? Marcus? A little birdie told me you had a very exciting day today. Oh, you do? oh I
0: mean, uh, uh, it's not that it's like that great of a day. I, I, I don't All even right. want to talk about it. Well, never mind. All All right, right, maybe the bird was
1: lying. Yeah, let's move on. So let's uh, get into our guest. <laughs> uh, an, an exciting guest. <laughs> our very exciting, Our very exciting guest. This is part two of the trilogy of very exciting guests that we promised you. Yeah. Uh you know, we we've been fumbling around with a bunch of people that are they're they're great. They're great. I'm not saying anything bad about our old guests, but what I'm saying is this is part two of our final trilogy of like actual famous people <laughs> that want that are cool and want to talk. To I'm us. Not famous. <laughs> hey, don't uh, ruin uh, it. Please don't speak before you're introduced. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, let me let me introduce our guest Marcella. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh if you'll please, let me Give me the permission.
2: Go. <laughs> I would love to be introduced.
1: I think it would be a lot of fun. All right. Alec Robbins got his start in 2013. After three years of grassroots events, he decided to take on the Midwest Drift Union Pro-Am Championship in a 1986 (laughs) Nissan D21 truck. He ultimately won the series and took home Rookie of the Year in 2016. In 2017, he switched to the 350Z chassis. In 2018, he was awarded fan-favorite Pro 2 car... And in 2019, he took second overall in the Formula Drift. This posts.
2: this other Alec Robbins that you are 20, cribbing 22 from. to will be the third <laughs> year. Do I, do I have I the wrong guy here, Alec? <laughs> I know who this guy is. We have never talked to each other, never interacted, but I am sure he knows who I okay. am, too. Um, and uh, he probably hates me. <laughs> okay,
1: uh, here, hold on, sorry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, let's get, it. get Sorry, uh, let me try to find... <laughs> Okay, okay, here we go. Uh, some call him Mr. Boop from the time he was infamously caught in a love pentangle with his wife Betty Boop and Sonic the Hedgehog and Bugs Bunny and Peter Griffin. Some call him Mr. Group from the time he kidnapped a select few of his Twitter followers in a dungeon and forced them to play sick and twisted games like Magic the Gathering. Some call him the man who made crime hot from his time masquerading as a little fella who is hot and does crimes with a group of other hot people who also do crimes. He's worked on shows like the The Eric Andre Show, Comedy Bang Bang, and I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. And he is the superstar author behind the Crime Hot series and Mr. Boop which The Verge called a psychosexual webcomic that is a scathing critique of copyright. And I, Marcus, also call it that, but also I call it an uproariously fun and deliriously sexy comic about being married to Betty Boop and a deep dive into the sick and twisted mind of the man who is our special guest, Alec Robbins!
2: That that was a great intro. That was about as good of an intro as I will ever get in my life. (laughs) Take you
1: out. That,
0: that you. It seems to be the trend. It's been a long time this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, if, if Marcus can do one thing right, is intros. So good job, Marcus. Thank you. Yeah, I can do one thank thing. you for
2: having me. Thank you, and thank you for acknowledging yes. the other Alec Robbins, the race car driver who, <laughs> who, who we, I, I, we we will have on the show. We really want him. That's good. Yeah, okay, I was really going to ask. Yeah, him, you, yeah, you really need to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Ask him if he's mad that I took the domain AlecRobbins.com. And, and don't even, <laughs> I don't even use it. I use Alec.land. So, like, I'm I'm hogging this domain that he could. You know, I'm mean. I'm not good. Once it gets big Alex. enough, he can yeah. sell that for a big chunk of change. <laughs> okay,
1: so okay, okay, Alec, I just want to say, right uh, up at the start, I want to say I'm a very big Boop head. I really love
2: Mr. Boop. Uh, oh, I'm so glad. Thank you.
1: I found it about halfway through its run, and like I kept up with it <laughs> through your Twitter postings, and I, I really, I really think it's fun. It's really funny. It's a really goofy, fun time. And then like near the end of it, you started getting more serious, and like I was kind of joking about the Verge thing, but like it, it, it is like like there's <laughs> the thing I love about it so much is that it's like it is pure like silliness, but then there's also like the meta commentary about yourself and sort of like digging at the idea of like, Corporations owning copyrights on characters created by people who've like died seventy years ago, and I think it, it's a very, very, very cool and I, I think important work. That <laughs> like it's one of my favorite things I've ever read, and uh, I, I love Mister Boop. Uh, I've Take just started crime. <laughs> yes, I've just started crime hot. That's got like a totally different vibe to it. Where oh yeah, how far I are say you it's into crime like hot? Looping the third kind of thing. Yeah, that, that's the is. main vibe I get from it. I'd 100% a of rip off of Lupin yeah absolutely yeah uh so that's where I'm coming from Marcelo uh wh- I'm a what fan. do you got about Alec yeah <laughs> what do I got fan? about Alec uh super cool guy succinct
0: yeah yeah uh, you've been a part of like some great all-time favorite shows of mine Alec um like Eric Andre Comedy Bang Bang um but, uh, yeah, uh, 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 I love this, like, trilogy of guests, Marcus, because, like, next episode, yes. I'm not going to reveal who it is, but it's a pretty great yeah. guest. Um, but, yeah, one, one thing I'm vastly interested in is, like, getting guests like you, Alec, who have, like, this background in comedy, talking specifically about the films of Richard Kelly and... More specifically, Southland Tales. <laughs> because it, why don't we just start there? Why don't we just jump into it? Why don't we talk about Richard Kelly first off, Alec? Um, talk about... Yeah, what do you want to know about Richard Kelly? How about like, the most simple
1: question of... Do you like him?
2: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> what was the question? Do I like him? Yeah, do you like Richard Kelly? <laughs> Richard Kelly. Uh, I love Richard Kelly. I, I was yes. like... Um, I was in high school when Donnie Darko came out, I think. I'm trying to line this up, but I definitely watched it in high school. And I that was like I was deep in the throes of like my Invader Zim phase, my weird internet kid phase, which is still going on. And I think Donnie Darko was exactly what I needed to see in high school to like obsess over for a little bit. And then I never saw any more of his movies for a long time, despite knowing about Southland Tales. And everything I heard about it made it sound insane and crazy, but by the time I was, like, aware of it, I think I had start, started to, like, um, become a little self-conscious about Donnie Darko and and stuff that I liked in high school. So I was trying to, like, bury that part of me for a little bit, and then by the time I, uh, you know, realized, well, what am I doing? I love that shit. I dove headfirst into Southland Tales, and it was, like, the most jaw-dropping, insane movie I had seen <laughs> up until that point. I, I still call it the most ambitious movie I've ever seen, and I think that's as accurate. That's, as hard, I can to be. Yeah. that's hard to disagree <laughs> with. Yeah, it's hard to disagree.
1: So so you're somebody that uh, you say you liked it from the jump, like your first viewing, you loved it.
2: Yeah, and I I liked it from the second I read about it. Like when I even when just like a little uh-huh. synopsis I read, and like I saw some of the people in the cast, I was like, oh, I can already tell this is a movie for me. That's interesting because that's
1: not a very common viewpoint we've had from our guests. Most people are like, <laughs> we saw it the first I saw it the first time and I was like, eh. and then and then like I, I just started to watch it more and more and then I came to thinking it's the best movie ever made. <laughs> like, that seems to be the common consensus from people.
2: Well, I definitely like didn't think it was good the first time I saw it, but I loved it. Um, I, I, yeah. I was laughing at it a little bit. I was uh, treating it mm-hmm. like this insane artifact that I had to show people. And I I have a couple other friends who are also really into it. And like, you know, through all of us, like sharing with other people and talking and um, I have changed my mind on it and decided it's legitimately (laughs) smart (laughs) and uh, legitimately onto something and a really unique moment in Hollywood history to like get a movie like that and not something we're likely to see a lot of in the future. And the stuff we do see is usually a lot uh less biting and less interesting like what, those atlas shrugged movies or whatever like any like oh, big yeah. ambitious clusterfucks like <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't, i would never watch those i don't care about those but they seem like they're in the same type of ballpark um but no southland tail stands tall above them <laughs> if snyder
1: ever gets to make his fucking ayn rand movie i'll watch that one how about that
2: Does he want to make an Ayn Rand movie? I think the Fountainhead. He wants to make an Ayn Rand movie, absolutely. Oh, okay. The Fountainhead. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, also, what is it? Like, Brad Bird, every one of his movies is like. Oh, yeah. Just Uh, a light Ayn Rand allegory. Tomorrowland. Yeah. Incredibles. Ratatouille is literally like. (laughs) 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 It's about that. The Incredibles, too. It's like.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. I've had that discussion with people about Brad Bird, and I've pretty much written off Brad Bird. um, Because. This is interesting comparison. Thinking about Brad Bird versus like Richard Kelly, like at least like with Richard Kelly films, I haven't seen the box yet. Which I, I yeah. oh I recently watched it finally I, I I did not see it for a long time oh we're 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 gonna get your thoughts on the box here in a second but like I just yeah. think from what I've from <laughs> oh yeah you are. From, oh yeah from the two movies I've seen of his that he's directed yeah like at least he gives like he he gives you so much interesting shit like stuffed in there that I'm not falling falling asleep during you know, watching it like I did Tomorrowland. Because, um, <laughs> like, it's impossible. Even, like, I, I didn't grasp it right away. It took me a while. Actually diving into this movie because of this podcast series made me really love it. But I could still sense, like, oh, there's there's, there's something interesting going on. I may not have a full grasp on it, but I dig it. I dig it. And, and, and it's only with talking with, like, Marcus and our guests that I'm finally... Coming, to gr- coming to terms with like what it's
2: actually about, which is which is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Richard Kelly, I was I was think of like he's he's not the same filmmaker as Paul Verhoeven, but they they both have this like intensity and keyed in awareness of like American culture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that comes through in their work, and like I, I would say Verhoeven's by far the better director, <laughs> but <laughs> but. Um, like there's some there's some analogs between like Southland Tales and um, like Showgirls and Starship Troopers. They both have that like hard at its sleeve intensity and and huge scope and like big swings that are really off putting to people or that can come across as um, amateurish or foolish or like incomprehensible. When I really do think they're like keyed in and saying something really important about the culture that the movie was made in and yeah like I don't know it's it's Richard Richard Kelly also has this obsession with like the world ending but he does it in yeah. a way that I it's it's very like um, I don't know most most people talk about the world ending it's always like a nuclear bomb or post-apocalypse stuff but like with Richard Kelly it's always this metaphysical like time warp interdimensional like white light enveloping everybody it's always like this sort of ethere- like ethereal world ending yeah. um, with, with like
1: a different way than like any other apocalyptic filmmaker does
2: yeah i'm not gonna say i'm, I'm sure there's other people doing yeah. stuff like that but i i do like really love that he knows what he likes like even that that unreleased holes script did you ever read that oh yeah I, i've read yeah. some of that I'm, yeah okay okay good yeah <laughs> but like taking taking the book holes and then still richard califying it like turning it huh. into this like world-ending <laughs> ethereal that's apocalypse amazing. thing that's like, amazing to hear he like he, he like can't he can't resist. It's just he, everything. He
1: even <laughs> sort of does that with uh I don't know if you've seen the the Tony Scott movie that he wrote, uh Domino. There's even that stuff in there and it's like I, just like I a, do a not biopic like Domino, about a bounty But yeah. Hunter. That's that's yeah, true. <laughs> it's it's it, it it is yeah, that's absolutely his main obsession.
2: And it's something uh, that I kind of like I would normally roll my eyes at. I usually think is a little like a little hollow, a little empty like what do you mean with like the bright lights and like interdimensional time warp things like it's really easy for that to not mean anything but for him it usually ends up i don't know just as a filmmaker he's good at getting me pumped up and getting me emotionally invested in stuff that i don't necessarily think deserves it all the time
0: (laughs) (laughs) well uh, alec did you say i don't want to just just jump over this but uh domino you're not a big fan of domino right
2: I think Domino looks so ugly to watch. I don't like oh. something about the, like it's the, it's the color grading. It's like the, it's the really yellow the thing, neon man. green movie, right? That's the right? thing. It's ugly as shit and that's what's good about it. Yeah, maybe maybe it makes, it's worth it me going back ugly. to it. I
0: I I'd say but so.
2: I don't think so. Uh,
0: well, <laughs> okay. And, well, well, we we do two uh, uh, episodes on Domino and even before we did that, like I was already a huge Domino fan, like even before really I grew to really appreciate Richard Kelly because I'm a huge Tony Scott guy. Um, but yeah, if you're not on board with like the stylistic choices that Scott makes in that movie, then you're not going to get on board with, the, with with the movie itself.
2: But Well, I'm not going to close myself off. I swear to God, the last time I saw it was in college and I half paid attention sure. and I, I tuned out because I wasn't enjoying what I was seeing. And I did not know Richard Kelly wrote that until you just told me. So yeah, there, yeah,
0: there, there are some hints. Yeah, like Marcus was saying, th- th- there are hints of Kelly in there. That like, I wonder what he, what he would have done with it if he directed it. Um, but I'm very happy that Scott directed it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, uh, d- didn't you go through that, Marcus? Like, d- didn't like the rewatch of that movie like turn you uh, yeah for it? Yeah,
1: yeah. The- my first time watching it, I was like, this is gross. I hate looking at it. <laughs> and, uh, the second time I watched it, I was like, yeah, this is gross. And I love looking at it.
2: Yeah. I respect and, a garish film. I think maybe yeah. I'm more uh, primed to like it now And this. Yeah. Uh, and especially you say you watched it in college,
1: probably, probably near the time it came out. And like at that time, like probably maybe that you felt that style might've been played out or like, it's just one of those things where like these movies don't get appreciated until 15 years later when, Things have changed, and you're like, "Oh, they saw the future." Yeah, exactly. That's that's Southland Tales. Or like the movies that we get now don't look that way at all, ever. And you're like, "You want (laughs) something new? You're just craving something new, you know?"
2: Yeah you're you're making a good you're making a good case.
1: Yeah. Now talk about. So we got Alec to rewatch Dominic. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but uh, I I want to hear his (laughs) thoughts.
0: I I, want to hear his thoughts on the box, even though I haven't seen it yet. Uh, I, I know just as much as I, 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 I've I seen the trailer. Mark- Spoiler free, I, w- I
2: want, I
1: want yeah, Marcelo do- to go into this fresh as a baby's bottom. <laughs> I'll be, I'll be so. like
2: vague. I, I think yeah. the box was kind of a letdown coming off the heels of like Donnie Darko and Southland Tales. It's, I had seen the Twilight Zone episode years ago so I knew like you know the core premise and mm-hmm. how that story yeah. goes. Um, he takes it way further than that which is cool. But it's still so much smaller and has less to say than his other films, that's and that's interesting. fine. Interesting. It's it's not like it, it's not very good. That's my that's my like <laughs> that's my I final see. say on it. It's fine. I'm glad I finally watched it because I put it off for a long time. But yeah, I can't wait to watch it, Marcus. You can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It kind of bummed me yeah. out because I'm like, ah, well. It felt like the studio kind of reined him in a little bit. It felt like um yeah, a more tidy movie. But yeah, I don't know. I, I that's probably true because like
1: after how massive of a flop on ev- in every way
2: that Southland
1: yeah. was, I would imagine his uh star power had Dramatically
2: lessen, than they probably yeah. Were, uh, that's my that's my read on it. Is like yeah. that felt almost like it was his last chance, and he didn't wanna he didn't want to make any big waves. And then yeah, that yeah, movie didn't make yeah, any money either, sense. so it's like you might as well gone big. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I'm still looking forward to the, the Southland Tales prequel that he's been talking about for okay ten so. years. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. What's going? There was some recent news about that, right? Like he's like I'm making it, but yeah
1: yeah he wants to make it like this uh blend of animation and live action uh maybe we can get you on the animation crew
2: when we talk to him <laughs> it's supposed to be a prequel yeah uh the the prequel graphic novel for southland tales he wants to adapt oh, that. oh that's the literally oh well that's different okay i thought yeah yeah i have the prequel graphic novel i found that in like a used bookstore not too long ago <laughs> thank oh, god oh yeah yeah. But uh um, apparently it's pretty valuable. I just got it for like 10 bucks, so I'm glad I bought it. <laughs> well, that's the thing we Good found out job. while
0: recording this podcast. I mean, Marcus tell them.
1: Yeah, there is like <laughs> if you hunt and dig as hard as you possibly can, uh you can go to uh Graffiti Designs or whatever, that's the company that put it out. You can go to their website and buy it directly from them for MSRP. Oh, and they wow. still even have the limited to 500 uh like special edition hardcover copy of it um what? oh my god yeah yeah what a tip. it's 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 very weird <laughs> but like like searching for it in any normal way you're not gonna find it because that website sucks <laughs> but uh I, I found it somehow i found it from some other article
2: anyway okay alica
1: uh, i don't want to just like
2: no, totally. yeah, that was interesting. I wanted to know. Now I can tell other people. I have friends who are like, where do I get oh, the graphic yeah. novel?
1: Well, uh, well, well, yeah, well Alec, have you... Uh, I'll
2: send you the website. I'll send you the website later. Alec, I was going to say, have
0: you actually read? Have you gone through and read that entire graphic novel?
2: <laughs> no, I I think I don't like it. I started it. Um, I, I read the scripts. There's like a bunch of script excerpts in there from the movie that Boxer mm-hmm. Santeros writes in, in Southland Tales. Um, yeah, The Power, is it called? The, power-y, uh, the power, Christmas, yeah. So
1: like uh, I screenplay.
2: Yeah, I read all of those excerpts, and I love that. I'm like, that's like that was yeah. the the main gem of it to me. And there's like a bunch of um almost like trading card bios in the back of all the characters, and I read those. Mm-hmm. That was like kind of funny. They're set up like USI dent readouts. I oh, think. interesting. I actually, don't, I don't think I got to that. I, I, I have, it's I have in the back of the book. Open my. <laughs> the way that I read it was on the
1: the old Blu-ray. They just had scans of everything uh, as oh like a special God. feature. I, I don't think they had that in there. I have not actually cracked open my real copy of the book.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, um, there it's there's like a lot of. I, I have like the collection. I know it came out in like in issues first, so maybe mine is like a little extra because ah. it's like all in one. Um, I I don't know. I should I should finish reading it, but like. I think the art is awful. <laughs> so I, like yeah, no, I we we fucking said that too yeah. on our episode discussing it. We I and it's in the movie too. They they show you shots of it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It it's just it's not right. But uh, Alec, I, I want to make this a little bit more personal to you. Is there? Would you say that there's any sort of influence on your creative work? Like, would you say that there's any way that Richard Kelly or Southland Tales has seeped its way into Mr. Boop or whatever, a uh, crime high, Mr. Mr. Group. Did, 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 did that inspire Mr. <laughs> Group?
2: <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever directly thought of like my work is flowing from that same. Well, I don't think like mm-hmm. it, there's any conscious inspiration, but I mean, I'm sure it has influenced it somehow. Like, it wears its heart on its sleeve and my my work does that. It's very much like uh, Yeah. I, I'm I mean I love like I love writing that is subtle. I love subtext, but I I tend to like just sideswipe that for comedic effect a lot of the time and just go big and blunt. And that is Southland Tales to a T. It is just like as blunt as possible. Um, while also being extremely confusing to a first-time viewer, yeah. <laughs> like, but that's yeah. more because the plot is so convoluted and, and labyrinthine. But like the actual themes and imagery are very blunt, <laughs> like, and I, I definitely work in that same space. Um, there's even like a bit in the in the chunk that you had me watch for this episode, um, which I will probably get to in more detail later. But there's like. Um, Boxer Santeros is, like, dancing with uh, Krista now with his, like, new girlfriend when his wife, his wife Mandy Moore, is, like... I can't remember her name in the movie. She's, like, watching from uh, far away. And then she, like, joins them on stage and all three of them start dancing when previously, Chris, like, Krista and Mandy Moore had been, like, fighting over Boxer and, like, yeah. spewing insults at each other. In this moment near the end when, like, everything... Is coming to an emotional head and everything feels like it's ending even though we don't really get why yet but like the characters seem to have an omen and understanding that it's like over seeing like the three of these like I don't know warring lovers just toss everything aside and dance on stage together is very much Mr. Boop it's very much like <laughs> Oh, yeah, we had some problems, but let's just all love each other instead. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, watch, watching that, like, the la- I watched it again, like, I was showing a friend last month or so, and seeing that scene again, like, oh, yeah, that's pretty Mr. Boop. I don't think I realized that. <laughs> mm.
0: Yeah. that's... All right. So,
2: I think. No,
1: go ahead, more
0: No, no. I, I, I was going to say, I was also, I was going to ask a similar question, but I think Alec already answered it. Like, how, like, uh, uh, um, what I wanted to touch on was like how I love how Southland Tales sort of like caught up to, or we, I guess, as a society caught up to Southland Tales, <laughs> and yeah, and, yeah and I think, and I think with like any artist who's working now, especially like now, now, like in 2022, like you, any any artist who looks back and looks at like a work like Southland Tales, it's like oh, of course, like this like. Uh, uh, this, of course, is a satirical take on like the the end of the world, but also there's a sweetness there that is something that like I think some people are too afraid to touch, and I think we'll talk about this like uh, in, in the section two and maybe in the next chapter, but. I love that Richard Kelly just goes for that sort of sentimentality, that sort of sense of hope, and in, 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 in dis- despite the world just burning. So I love that, especially now looking back at it. It's like at least the, at least Kelly was onto something back then, which we all now should realize is like was an accomplishment.
2: I mean, yeah, you're right. For like a really um, cynical movie, it's very sweet. It is very like even the whole thing with Roland Taberner like using a time loop to forgive himself for ptsd and friendly fire trauma like <laughs> yeah. it's it's such a like yeah that, that's like a very nice moment that's like what almost ends the movie or it is the it is the yeah. thing that ends the movie and that's yeah that's that's like <laughs> completely sincere <Yeah. laughs> but it's kind yeah. of a yeah, yeah i don't know yeah. there's a lot going on and like even even the stuff with like i don't know just the rock and Krista now, like they do love each other in like some weird and world ending apocryph like apocryphal prof like prophetic way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's so interesting, yeah. And there's characters who like roll their eyes at it, like Will Sassa, what is his name? Fortunio in the movie, like at the yeah. beginning, when they're like sharing their screenplay and Krista's talking about how important it is, like they just keep cutting to Fortunio, like rolling his eyes. So it's it's like both sincere and judgmental because I I don't know who he wants me to side with in that moment and i think that's like a good thing for the story <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and and there was a point right
0: marcus like uh, uh i i may have brought this up in past episodes and i may bring it up in the future again because i always forget um but he was gonna make this as like a straight comedy right marcus like uh, following the improv troupe yeah. in the movie yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. Uh, yeah the original concept for this movie was uh um, a group of improv, uh, an improv troupe, uh, kidnaps a famous movie star to extort him for money, and like the political stuff and the apocalyptic <laughs> stuff d- got added after nine eleven happened. And, I did not uh, know that. Turned, yeah, turned into all this stuff. So that that's like like that's why like Amy Poehler and uh, Sherry oh, yeah. O'Terry and all them are in, Will the, Sasso, in the movie because uh, yeah, and
2: John Lovitz yeah, like- John Lovitz. <laughs>
1: He is John Levitt.
2: Honestly, he is amazing in this movie. Yeah. He's the, he gives the best <laughs> performance in the movie because a lot of a lot <laughs> of the actors seem really confused. They are giving their best performance under the circumstances. Like it's a yeah. I got it. Sorry, I got to talk about the cast for a second because yeah, like that's like one of the the most watchable draws of the movie. Like the best way I can get someone to watch it is just list off people in the cast to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's it's so like almost everybody is kind of coming off as, like, a poor actor, but not John Lovitz. And it's because, like, he just commits. He seems not confused at all. He, like, totally... He seems like he understands the movie more than anybody. <laughs> yeah. And he plays, he plays I, that I, character I, with, like... That's, that's an interesting read. And yeah. I don't I don't disagree. And he's, like, genuinely menacing. It, like, made me want to be like, oh, why, why hasn't he done more movies like this? Why... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's, it's like
0: more scary roles. Yeah, it's like Kelly went up to Lovitz and goes, "Okay, now do the exact opposite of what you've always done in your career," <laughs> and <laughs> and then sell it, and then he does. I, I think he does. It's it's that mm-hmm. it's that sense of like tone that I think people are just put off by with this movie. Sometimes it's like they're like they're expecting oh, yeah. Lovitz to be Lovitz, but he's completely not, and they're thrown off by it. And it's, and it's such a great example, Alec, of, like, pointing to that performance and saying, yeah, I could see why that would be, you know, top tier in this movie, because it's exemplary of what the movie is. <laughs> it's like, if you're not on its vibe, if you're not connecting with it, you're not going to get it. <laughs> Marcus?
1: OK, so uh, <laughs> Which, uh, I think at this point we're going
0: to transition right to the actual chapter. I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like j- we're going to get into our uh, little chapter breakdown here. But before we do it, I've just got one special thing to do for my friend Marcelo here. So I told Marcello that you were going to be on the show. <laughs> oh, He's God. not as familiar with your work as I am, uh, Alec. <laughs> I haven't, I, I haven't read thing all of Mr. Boop, re- OK? I haven't read all thing, of it. I've read some. That's OK. Shut up. Shut up, Marcelo. The thing that okay. yeah. Marcelo uh, really glomped onto was that you were a part of Comedy Bang Bang, one of his favorite shows. <laughs> oh, and yeah. He asked me. If he could ask uh, one question about comedy Bang Bang, and I told him, yes, he can ask exactly one question.
0: Well, listen, I
2: feel like this is so, Marcelo I might not know the answer. Let's, I
0: I, let's I feel like I so, feel Marcello, like this is. Go
2: ahead, ask your question. I okay. didn't do a lot. Of I was an intern. On I
0: track. I, I like, hold on. Yeah. Let me just say, I feel like this is a trap on Marcus's part because, like, <laughs> he does know how much I love, you know, Comedy Bang Bang, the podcast, the TV show, all of it, right? And, and, I, and, and, and you know, I did see that credit. I'm like, oh, we're going to have somebody connected to that. That's, that's amazing. And I, I feel like this is entrapment because we didn't talk about this previous, Marcus, but now I'm a, now I'm put on the spot. Do I even have a question? Let me think. Um, oh, you know what? I do have a question. Alec, like, here we go. Here's the question How was it working on Comedy Bang Bang? It was so much fun. Oh, that's was, uh, awesome. That's good to hear.
2: <laughs> it was it was the first uh, like Hollywood gig I got when I came out here. But it was, of course, like I said, I was an nice. intern. I was unpaid. Um, that's oh, uh, that's not good. ideal. And um, honestly, seems, it seems to be how they do it over there. Yeah, that's a conversation for another day. And you know, <laughs> I, I would say pay your interns and uh, make sure you hire diversely um, because the only people who can afford to intern unpaid are. You know, me. <laughs> mm. um, going through my savings. But anyway, yeah, so that show was one of the craziest, like, intros to working in L.A. Because, you know, every every day there's another big comedy legend on... And for me, a comedy legend can be like Andy Daly. Like I don't know if everyone yeah. in the world yeah. recognizes his name, but I do, and I go crazy. So like you know, different different person like that on set every day was I took I I did not take it for granted, but I have not had like a like a situation like that working in TV since. That was crazy, <laughs> and of course I was like interning, so I wasn't working every day, but I would come in on on different days when like somebody I wanted to see was there, and like when you when they shot an interview, they didn't. Um, they didn't like cut um, they just you know shot it all the way through and it gets like chopped down to like two minutes for the show but it could be like 40 minutes of filming oh wow! and that's how Eric, Eric Andre was like that too and on both shows there is like sort of a if you could time it right if you didn't have anything else to be doing at the moment you can kind of sneak in right before they close the doors and start filming one of those <laughs> long segments and just watch it and enjoy it like a <laughs> comedy show and I tried to do that as much as I could on that show yeah, that's that's one thing I've heard about both those
0: shows. is like they go long initially recording those interview segments, and then they cut it down. Yeah, I, I almost want to just just you know, I I want them you to want, release that. You want yeah, that big
2: box set. <laughs> yeah. that has, I mean, it's like, the sort of thing oh, that like oh, that shit in it. Yeah, it's it's really, it's really fun to watch it all, but also it's it's like. Probably for the best, they cut it down. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a lot. True. I mean, a lot of it doesn't quite work. It's it's more like I understand that being starstruck also, in the moment, and yeah, I would like to see
1: the twenty five minutes of interviews with like one of the Real Housewives before <laughs> Eric Andre uh, spills a bunch of snakes all over. It. Yeah,
2: <laughs> some of some of the Eric Andre ones were so hard to sit through. Like they 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 are not usually funny for most of it like you get you get the the pranks but like for a lot of it it's creating a vibe it's just trying to keep them there Mm -hmm. and get their guard down and being being abrasive and confusing them um so like sometimes you're just like oh this is this this is this is tough (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i understand that yeah
0: hey and and uh speaking of uh uh of tough I think we should dig into <laughs> Southland Tales and like dig into... It's, like yeah, it's, it's Southland Tales time. It's it's, it's intricacies. We're going to analyze it moment by moment. I mean, what...
1: Absolutely. Here we go. I have written down every single thing that happens in this section. Yes. We're going to go through all of it. Alec, if at any time, and Marcelo, uh, either of you uh, want to comment on the section that I'm talking about, please just... Tell me to shut the hell up, and I will shut up and let you and let you say your piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not a joke. Not a joke. I take no offense to it. I want it to happen.
0: Now, so, Marcus, Marcello, Marcus, shut you're up, the time master Marcus, a- shut
1: up. Yes, yeah. I got to give you the
0: time. Okay. Uh, so we're going to stamp this. This is chapter eleven. This is an hour fifty nine uh, minutes fifty six seconds through two hours ten minutes
1: fifty three seconds. So that's chapter eleven. Fantastic. Southland Tales. Here we go, Marcus. You can talk. And right there, right there, at one hour fifty nine twenty six seconds, what do, what do we start with? We start with Time's the return of the motif maze. of the fluid karma. <laughs> yes, waves <laughs> sweeping out of the ocean, a, an effect that Richard Kelly said was achieved with liquid nitrogen oh. uh, pouring it onto like a black surface, and then like playing the footage in reverse or something, and it looks. Oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah looks very cool then we have a little uh helicopter shot over the city and it's trying to like set up the chaos that's happening the you you hear the gunshots you see buildings on fire the u.s bank is on fire god forbid (laughs) um uh we we hear on the radio a breach there's a breach at the caltrans building and uh that's the california dot basically Um, I mean Alec is a resident of California I mean what would you do if you heard that the Caltrans building had been taken over shoot myself in the head
0: (laughs) without having heard anything else just that's it
2: (laughs) (laughs) America has been lost
0: (laughs) I do you know, I, I I I do wish Kelly had big, a bigger budget to show the utter destruction of Los Angeles, like, more... Not that it's not... Yeah, it's pretty tame. Yeah, n- n- you know, not that it's not done well. I, I do like what he shows. Like, the, he does do some great things, with, like the stock footage of the aerial the shots of LA. Or, but, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to see, like, uh, cut to uh, people's living rooms... And yeah, a suicide or two, because what else would you do during the apocalypse?
2: Um, but yeah, you know, it's 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 too bad. I wonder what Inks he would have don't done. Don't commit suicide, and uh, all Americans. <laughs> yeah,
1: Marcel, are you are you forgetting that? Have you even seen this movie, Marcel? This is the first time I'm seeing it, actually. <laughs> all right. Okay. Uh, we see people running through the street as trash and cars burn. Uh, uh, a man is shot against a van, and his blood seeps on the van a little bit a very, very tiny amount of blood. Uh, inside the ice cream truck, the uh, Highlander is having a smoke as the news reports that the Neo-Marxists started the riots. Um, and what is this? In a, in a scene straight out of Fast Five, Ronald and Martin Kefauver are pulling the ATM machine with their Hummer through the streets. Uh, as Sparks fly everywhere. Looks great. It's like when they're you know, in Fast Five when they're pulling the safe through the streets of... Ah, Costa Rica I don't remember uh, Rio, de, Rio de Janeiro, right? That's
2: where they are in five. Yes, Rio de Janeiro. I, have I think not so. I've seen mean. those movies, but I trust you. Oh, Alec! I've seen I've seen a little bit of them. <laughs> I do not. I hate them. I am. I know I'm the one asshole. <laughs> That's I, fair. There's nothing. No, no, there's you, nothing.
0: You're I mean, it's 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 uh, uh it's not a total divergence because uh The Rock, you know, uh maybe at this point since uh, since Fast and Furious brought up um. I want to talk about The Rock and him as a persona. Uh, your thoughts, Alec, on The Rock? Maybe you want to talk about his performance here uh, or how you feel about the guy overall?
2: I don't care about The Rock. I'm not a wrestling person. I, He is not a draw for me in any movie. He is not a, like, a reason not to see a movie. I just don't. I, I nothing him. I don't think he's good or bad. I think he can do what they ask of him. Um, I love him in this movie, for a lot yeah. of reasons like one just the the shock of like a future a-lister being like leading this insanely weird movie instead it's like if yeah tom cruise had done some director's really crazy ambitious movie like 10 years before he blew up which you know right we probably did but um, not not to this degree <laughs> So like from that angle it's it's incredible. Like it only gets better with age. And it's also a really weird performance from him especially when Boxer Santero starts like breaking down and doing his little twiddly fingers thing. It's like it's just it's just fun. I like I love that it's not a great performance. Yeah, it's it's yeah, unlike It's like the
1: most acting he's ever done. Like that's for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's
0: unlike anything he's done before since. I think the closest one the closest performance, I'd say, it's like it's near this. Is like maybe "Pain and Gain," uh, where he's actually like doing something interesting.
2: To his credit, this is like a tough role to play. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, this is there's a lot that's that's mm-hmm. being asked of him, and a lot that doesn't make sense. Uh, I think mm. to someone who isn't Richard Kelly, like, <laughs> so it's it's like a miracle he's he he carried it like this because he he does carry this movie to a degree. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Okay, so we have a shot. Uh, we're inside of the Mega Zeppelin. Boxer is doing his uh, little finger tappy, th- tappy thing, uh, working up the courage to confront Serpentine. He does so. Uh, he says, uh, you know, you know exactly what happened out in the desert. <laughs> who did the Baron hire to kidnap me? And who drove me through the time rift? And uh, Serpentine tries to walk away. He uh, grabs her forcefully and brings her back. You haven't figured that, you haven't figured that out yet? Officer Roland Taverner.
2: So, so wait, I have a, I have a quick question about yeah. Biling's character, Serpentine. Sure. On recent watches, I have come to get the read that she is maybe the one pulling all the strings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I I used to think, okay, it's Wallace Shawn, it's the Baron, but like, at some point, I got the sense that like she's actually manipulating him. Even. Do you do you agree with that? <laughs> Marcus. You are 100% correct, Alec. Uh,
1: that is... is that, uh, that's confirmed? Yes, that is uh, Richard Kelly's ultimate intention. It's just like he had to cut stuff so it's less obvious. But yes, uh, Serpentine's ultimate goal was to... Uh, okay, so it's part of the graphic novel. Jericho Kane gets uh, tattooed. <laughs> With uh, all the different like religious symbols from around yep. the
2: world, right? I know that. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And like her ultimate plan, I guess, is to prove like what is the one true religion, oh, and okay. that is what is happening when the Christ figure bleeds through his shirt as the mega zeppelin explodes. <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Okay. I did not yes. know that. Yes, it is a weird plan she's manipulating the baron to get to that point point. i i don't think the baron necessarily understands that the world is about to end
2: yeah the, I, yeah does. i never got that sense either yeah yeah Sam. okay
0: yeah and and well there we go and there's a lot more or there's more uh conversation uh from the baron uh more dialogue i mean in the cons cut
2: right marcus uh yeah have you, have you watched that alec i have i i've only watched it once um i I remember like it was before the arrow release came out i had found a torrent of it and i Uh, grabbed a bunch of friends and Uh, we all watched it together yeah i i love how that was such like a holy grail because like i remember there's a screening of it in la like seven years ago or something and uh, there's another screening and yeah yeah. the the la screening was like five years ago, four years ago. Yeah, and yeah. I, I didn't go. I had done like a big get together where a bunch of friends watched it. And then they all went to the can cut and I was like, ah, oh, I can't make it, nah, but there's that's another that's one about to happen. Yeah. And I, again, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. Oh, oh he's no. They're
0: cool.
1: doing a Q and a Marcus. Yeah. I, I said this on, on Marcelo, you have to fly me out to LA so I can do this. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it off. mic. if anything, I'll show up. Uh,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this off mic, Marcus. But uh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh,
0: I, 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 I uh, yeah,
1: okay. uh, uh, I'm ba- I'm based in Iowa, and uh, Marcelo is in Texas. I'm in Austin. The- just, just just to be, specific. you can make it here. You can get. He's here. making it weird. Yeah, <laughs> keeping it weird.
0: Keeping it weird. Yeah, I am keeping it weird. Um, now, yeah, I guess. Uh, my my point was I'm glad that Arrow finally released that cut, the cons cut, because it was just it was like yeah, the, the, the holy grail, and I was just so je- jealous of that screening five years ago of the cons cut in L.A., yeah. hoping that here in Austin we get it eventually. We might still get it eventually. Like who knows? Uh, they they uh, here yeah, at the Draft House they play. It's, it's, I mean I mean today I sat through three Star Trek movies in a row at the Draft House. Why can't they show the goddamn Southland Tales cons yeah, cut? Yeah, come on, come on. Have you have you watched it on the Arrow? Uh, no. I think Marcus has at this point.
1: Uh, I haven't yet. I, I have watched it like two or three times. Uh, Marcelo, I believe, has been purposefully putting it off for like our like commentary discussion of it later. Yeah, we're we come yeah after this whole twelve part series, we gotta. <laughs> okay, so after this whole twelve part series, we gotta do a couple episodes on the con cut, and then we're gonna talk about the box. A couple episodes of that, nice. then we're gonna do a script reading of holes.
0: <laughs> and then we're gonna have Richard we're
1: Kelly on the show, hopefully. Yeah, fingers and crossed for uh, Richard Kelly, and, anyway, and then we'll end
2: it. Yeah, then that's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, so with with the Marcus, did you? So like, I watched the can cut, and I was kind of always, you know, because it was like built up so much in, in Legend. Like everyone walked out at the can cut, um, mm-hmm. like when it when it first premiered, and uh, it was so hard to find, and that led this like. I don't know, it led to this era of, this movie, This one's insane. This is even crazier. And I watched it, and it's actually like... I kind of thought it was way more by the books and yes. standard. It was way more yes. of a Hollywood film. It is. so like, it's, it's weird, yeah. I didn't expect they, that.
1: The con cut, I think, is cut to make you understand the movie better. Yeah, it makes the way more sense. Cut, <laughs> the theatrical cut, it feels like they cut it to be like oh, you're Donnie Darko. You're the mystery guy. Turn it into something more mysterious or something. Like, I I yeah. don't know why... There there are things that, like, are absolutely necessary, crucial information that are not a part of uh, <laughs> uh, the theatrical cut
2: at all that are in the con cut that explain yeah. things like, very well. Watching that version, I was like, oh, I... I i get this now like it was like explaining a bunch of things that i that never clicked for me and i was like uh, oh it's so funny that the one i thought would be crazier is the way more coherent one yeah and you get you get Ginny garofalo who only has a mm non-speaking shot in the the theatrical (laughs) cut. yeah and more kevin smith that was fun (laughs) and more kevin smith of course the uh the wizard
1: no what what the hell is his character name
2: the 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 dungeon master or something
1: Is that? Yeah, I don't know what. Well, like he is the yet. dungeon master, but he's I don't know. Okay, Marcus, so Marcus, <laughs> this is <laughs> your <laughs> favorite movie of all time, right? I've never watched it. Uh, Roland <laughs> Taverner has been summoned and awakes in the back of the ice cream truck. Uh, did I skip something? No, I no. think we were just finished. Yeah. The Roland Taverner has been yeah. summoned and awakes in the back of the ice cream truck. The uh, the Highlander greets him as the two worlds collide. The uh, ice cream truck crashes into the ATM machine, ramping the truck onto its side. I
0: I uh, love that crash come by the to way.
1: Suddenly screeching. Yeah,
0: that's that's so cool. It's a cool <laughs> crash. It,
1: it is the best effect of the movie, I think. Yeah. Because uh, because you can tell they pra- they did it practically.
2: They they fucking it. Yeah, it the looks great. And it it, looks it, great. it it hits hard. Comes like a shock and. Yeah. It's kind of, so, I, narratively, I'm always like, was that necessary to get these two characters together? Because the ATM machine thing since it seems so superfluous, but, <laughs> but it works, and I don't really question yeah, it too much. Just, yeah, it's
1: just another one of those goofy things that just somehow it, it all feeds into the thing, because, he, he, like, pretty soon here we're going to get to the, the Highlander. He, he like, knew that he was coming he he just knew that somehow fate would collide to yeah, get these so two together to fulfill have,
2: the fulfill yeah, the they, thing. So many characters like have this prescient understanding of what's happening around them, and it it lends a really weird vibe to the movie when you don't get what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Did you know that the Highlander he is Amy Poehler's dad? Really? What? Wait. Yes. His, his character. His character is yeah. They have the same last name. He is his her dad. And he does not give a shit when when she gets killed. It's so weird. Wait, how? do
0: Wait, are you just judging this off like they have the the same last name? The characters? No, no,
1: no, 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 no. This is this is on the commentary. Richard brings that up. I should. I really gotta watch. I should listen. to it. Yeah, I should listen to that. The the the. For I think our our guest in the next episode says this. Sorry to blow the illusion. Uh, we we will not say who they are though but uh the uh our guest in the next episode says this and uh they say that uh it is the, the commentary fills in a lot of those gaps for you it's basically richard kelly really explaining the movie explaining himself his, his decisions like what and like fulfill, like telling the whole plot like it's kind of an alternative to reading the graphic novel. Like he will fill you in on all the shit that happens in the graphic novel
2: through that commentary. (laughs) I, I watched like 10 minutes of it and I definitely got that vibe. And I was like, I need to set time aside and finish this. Certainly, certainly is worth doing. I would say. Um, okay. So let's
1: see the, 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 the ice cream trucks on its side. Uh, Ronald notices the ice cream truck and says ice cream truck. (laughs) Out loud, I thought that was funny. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know why that was an important note for him, but it was, I guess. Anyway, uh, cars are burning on the streets as the UPU UPU three officers uh, aim their guns at unarmed, unhoused people in their little tent city a big-ass Chevrolet smashes through some burning cars as a woman fires an assault rifle through the sunroof at the police. It's driven by Terry who's on the phone with Cindy who chastises her actions by saying she's taken things too far, which I thought was very interesting because like that kind of reveals the whole neo-Marxist thing is kind of bullshit like, finally, yeah. when, I I love it, I like love when it, the followers bit. get mm-hmm. the revolution going. The one who's up in the Mega Zeppelin yeah. sipping champagne she's like, come on.
0: Yep. It yeah. is, yeah. It is a perfect moment, I think, and it. I guess it didn't hit me until this rewatch. I'm like, oh, okay, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 this fucking late capitalist. Uh, it's uh, all commentary.
2: Yeah. it's all satirical. You get it, man. You get it. He's smart. <laughs> Richard Kelly knows what he's doing.
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so we're back to Boxer and Serpentine. Uh, Boxer asks, uh, "Is he still alive?" Serpentine requi- uh, replies in more ways than one uh, boxer, you made sure you made sure Tavener went through the time rift with me. Then you hit the SUV self-destruct trigger by remote, which means I didn't kill myself. And she says, you're a pimp. Pimps don't commit suicide. And he (laughs) says, you got that right. (laughs) Roland Tavener and his twin brother. They're the same person, aren't they? Two identical souls walking the face of the earth, coexisting in the same dominion of chaos what will happen if they shake hands? (laughs) I, I, it always Uh,
2: bothered me that she says shake hands so specifically. And that that's what they do. (laughs) Like just touch would have been all I needed, but it's, Mm. it's funny. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the,
1: and then, uh, boxer says, uh, the fourth dimension will collapse upon itself
2: you stupid bitch.
1: And then he like, <laughs> so they start good. to like full open mouth,
2: kiss each other. And then so he tosses. Dude. One, one of my flag. favorite moments in the movie. It's Absolutely. Just insane. This from here on out, it's, it's all just a plus a plus a plus. Everything is amazing. Yeah. I fully with you, but, and this, I just want to bring up, like we watched uh,
1: kiss me deadly. It was like one of the main inspirations for this movie. They play it in the movie. They play it
2: in Southland tales. Uh, on the so screens from yeah the 50s yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. no this, I, I know the movie you're talking about i've never seen it Yeah, no. yeah
1: it, this feels like the most kiss me deadly movie of the moment where of the uh, kiss me deadly moment of the movie where like uh the the hero like kisses the fame
2: femme fatale calls her a bitch and throws her aside <laughs> like that is <laughs> Yeah, definitely it's, it's very old hollywood 50s. <laughs> Absolutely. yeah no no it's yeah. It's a great moment for a million reasons. Like one, you just you can't see that coming. Two, it feels as Hollywood as anything. And like three, it's so fucking funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it really is. It really is. Okay, like the so, delivery uh, too,
2: like it's 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 delivered like uh, yeah. like a bad action movie one liner. Yeah. It's just perfect. It's it's so perfect.
1: Uh okay, so a Boxer walks into the, the next room, the party room, and says, uh <laughs> the ocean is in control, and this is the Tower of Fire. We have to evacuate. Uh, and then uh, like, Vaughn I think he has a great little joke here. Like, what in God's name are you talking about? <laughs> I, mean, I love their like total obliviousness. Now, uh, right.
0: maybe if we can't figure my next question out now, Marcus, we'll probably figure it out later. But like, is that line? Do you know, Marcus? Is that from the 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 power script? Like, I know there are excerpts in the in the comic. But that line, uh, it, it, it does sound like it, it's like his character, uh, Boxer, saying that, like, 100%. Like, the ocean is yeah, in control. That, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah.
2: I think I
1: at this think point, he is, like, fully character. He's mode. Jericho yeah. Kane
0: right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Jericho yeah. Kane,
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who it was. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Priscilla. I could actually totally see that being a line that's in the power. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Uh, Roland wakes up, uh, grabs the biggest revolver in the truck, and just, just starts fucking blasting away at the police outside. It's
2: so insane to me. He literally just, like, just starts shooting. It's so funny. <laughs> it's just, it's
1: and I don't show who he's shooting at either, like, like presumably
2: fucking... at the police, but... I don't yeah, know. We, do, <laughs> we, do, we do see okay. one shot of, like, a policeman going down. Because oh, good, presence. okay. I always, like, kind of read it, he's just shooting at anybody? <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is going nuts.
1: Okay, so we see the unhoused people. They are armed now. They've got, like assault rifles and shit they're fighting back as more police swarm in Uh, Roland and Ronald they finally see each other uh, and at the same second Roland gets shot in the eye Uh, Ronald kind of action guy sprints over uh, to him as he's firing his pistol just indiscriminately Uh, and then uh, uh, he gets shot in the shoulder and falls into the ice cream truck with Roland, um, Roland and Ronald now they're both in the ice cream truck And then uh, Martin Keefalver has this little moment here with the Highlander, who uh, (laughs) says, "Well done, soldier." uh, Hands him over the bazooka, and says, uh, "Take the target. You can't miss." I
2: just uh, got the phrase Roland McDoland in my head right now. (laughs) Roland (laughs) McDonald. If Ronald McDonald went through the the time portal, it's just it's just there. I had to get it out. Now we can. No, no, that's absolutely a a (laughs)
1: Mr. Boop joke. We got we got one on the show. We got a classic
2: Alec Robbins moment on the show. If that's a classic Ro- Alec Robbins moment, <laughs> I need to reconsider my life. <laughs> oh boy!
1: All right. So uh, Roland's hand starts to glow, and Ronald grabs it. The ice cream truck mysteriously starts to float off of the ground. Mysteriously, the fighting ensues behind them.
2: This is the part where I start standing up and cheering. Yeah, Fuck yeah. This, yeah movie is, this movie is going. Fuck. Fuck yeah! This is this is a movie now. Uh, and then here we
1: go. Um, we are going back into the mega Zeppelin. The, uh, the main event of the evening has, has begun. Uh, the, uh, announcer who was the announcer for the Lakers, I think it might be the Clippers. <laughs> really? Um, That's funny. yes, yes. The announcer on the mega Zeppelin. Um, uh, he announces Shoshana Cox, Sheena G, and Dina Storm. They are introduced as the Memory Gospel Dancers. Uh, Memory Gospel by Moby starts playing, and the ladies take the stage. Cover and they're like holding um, uh, gas masks like on a stick and like covering their faces with it as they start to dance. Incredible, beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. And the ladies dance, and then uh, and we're getting like kind of flash cuts here, so like this is gonna be all over the place. The US Dent headquarters are being overrun. Nana Mae reaches for her gun, which is not there. And uh, I find this is the first time I ever put together why the gun isn't there. Why
2: is uh, it? Because, I-, I didn't catch
1: that. Yeah, so earlier in the movie the, the the guy that like he comes into her office to deliver her some papers And he says like, Oh, I can smell you from down the hallway. He's like, they have this like weird pervy sexual thing going on. (laughs) And then I'm assuming in that scene, he grabbed that pistol from under her desk. And then you can see him later shooting. You can see him here shooting the gun and betraying her basically.
2: Okay. There Um, we go. Solve a little puzzle for me. Thank you.
1: That's what we're here Uh, for. One one of, one of 10 million puzzles has finally been (laughs) solved. Uh, okay, so she reaches for the gun, it's not there. Ba-ba-ba-ba. The guy double crossed her, and is uh, he's he's uh, blowing away employees along with Will
2: Sasso and the other two beach boys. Uh, God bless. one of them you was seen. Cast. Will Sasso <laughs> traipsing down the hallway with like two machine guns, two <laughs> so assault
1: rifles, and double wielding assault. Rifle. Yeah, uh, uh, the the two guys that are with him, one of them. We see him throw up earlier in the movie and apparently that, I think that was like just found or like footage that they just happened to capture and then they cast the guy because of that.
2: Yeah. And then <laughs> I've always been curious about that. Yeah. That guy is yeah. such a he looks like so unique. It's such a good look yeah, for the he's, movie. He's definitely like a
1: punk rock kind of guy. It's he, he's got a cool vibe about him. And well, then cause uh,
2: like the other guy with them is not intimidating at all. Like Will <laughs> no. Sasso's working cuz it's it's Will Sasso cast against type. And then the Mohawk yes. guy like he is scary. I do not then, want to meet that man. And then the other guy's just like dopey, standing there with a gun. Like, yeah. Okay. You're there too. The other guy
1: was the mayor of Venice Beach or something. In real life? In real life, yes. What? he was like oh the mayor. God. He was the mayor of something. I forget his name. I really wish I had it written down here. It's in my notes for the next episode. And I think I forgot to bring it up. But uh, yeah, he. <laughs> He he was a mayor, and uh, I don't think people <laughs> like him. Anyway, uh, Naname desperately grabs her knife and rushes as her office doors open, but she stops herself and gets blasted away by a Mohawk guy uh, with an automatic pistol.
0: Yeah, and what's playing? And the ladies keep on dancing. What's playing on the screens behind her as she uh, right right before she gets shot up, Marcus? Do you know?
1: I, I actually I. I I forgot to write this. I I I was like in my head thinking I should write down what's happening on the screens and I didn't. So Marcelo, can you cover that?
0: I'm pretty sure, and maybe we can confirm this on a, on a future episode. But I'm pretty sure that's the uh, portion of that uh, short film we saw on the on the Blu-ray. Oh, uh, ah. uh, yeah, which I forget the name of. I mean, we, oh, we, we, yeah. we watched think it for a show. Right. Yeah. yeah,
1: but yeah, I think yeah. it's that animated short. Oh, I saw that on the bonus features. Yeah, watch yeah. that. The animated short that we have done nothing but shit on. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense. I'm starting to to come around to the idea of it. I'm starting to come around to the idea of it. I just don't like the animation
2: style. Is it unrelated or like, is it a a separate Ah. story or is it tied in?
1: It's like way in the future after the events of this movie, and people have like evolved into these like amoeba-like creatures. Oh my god! And you kind of get this. It's like the a grandchild, a grandfather telling his grandchild like the story of what happened, and they don't really know the story because it's so far <laughs> long gone and history was gone or whatever.
2: Hell yeah! that rules. It's,
1: it's it's an interesting idea. I don't know if it fully gets there, but it's cool. I, I, you should watch it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. All right, we got two things for Alec to watch. <laughs> I forget what list. the first one was. Me too. I, oh, Domino. I was, oh, Domino. No, a rewatch yeah. of Domino. You're gonna watch Domino again. Okay. Uh, Boxer pulls off his jacket. Joins Krista on stage. The two do like a ballroom dance for a while. I I I, I personally yeah. think this is just it's beautiful. I, I really. I, I love
2: this sequence so much.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, it's it's absolutely gorgeous. Um. Uh. The, uh the she says it's to him. So funny. She says to him, "It had to be this way." He says, "I know." Um, Madeline, she you can see her. Uh, Alec, you brought this up earlier, but you can see her kind of getting a little maybe jealous or something. And she
2: kind or, of like a little bit of this, like uh, fine, like it's, it's like it's like this vibe. Yeah. Of, yeah. All right, I'm I'm I see what's going on, and I can forgive. And like they still kind of they had like a play dance fight on stage yeah. together too. Damn. I just I love this like as. Uh, it's like a, you know the world's ending let's just all choose to be cool with each other let's all <laughs> yeah. love each other it's very very
1: good the, the, the dance they have is very like interesting i could hear she, she okay so matt I, I wrote this down in a very flowery language way that i'm very proud of So uh, Madeline gets emotional and drifts to the stage. She embraces Boxer from behind and grabs onto Krista's arms, the two encircling him, dramatically reenacting on stage the push-and-pull catfight over Boxer that the two have been having throughout the film. They each take a hand of his and try to pull him towards them, and then they end up jumping at each other, and they face each other down. Madeline says he's going to die, to which Krista retorts, there's nothing we can do about it. They then begin to dance aggressively with each, with each other, and uh, Bobby Frost is back there, and he says, "Is this some kind of orgy or something? What the <laughs> the hell's going on?"
2: <laughs> Just this this guy who can't appreciate beauty. This this old nah, fucking this, rich, he's dick fucking dick politician. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boxer pulls his gun out,
1: fires. That's the end of the sequence. Um, yeah,
0: going. Uh, I was gonna say going back to. Uh, that the dance and it's something um i think alec maybe brought up uh and also we're going back to christopher Lambert, or you know as marcus has been calling him highlander, the highlander. <laughs> yeah the highlander um <laughs> saying that line about uh, did, did he say like good work soldier or, or well done and he, and he gives yeah. the guy yeah, yeah. Well it's done, like, soldier, yeah. these these lines that these characters give at this point all seem so part of this like prophecy it's like
2: yeah yeah. nobody's talking like a normal person anymore it's all awareness of what's happening despite the fact that they shouldn't really be aware yeah well like krista and uh boxer had the screenplay to lean on like as their prophecy so they they like understand that they're fully in it and they're just repeating stuff from that but like yeah other characters talking like that it's so it's unexplained to me but I don't mind it <laughs> yeah
0: I don't mind it either it's like it's like they're being possessed by I uh, my my overall grasp of what's going on is like maybe like the fluid karma is influencing uh, influencing the everybody.
1: world is being slowed down by whatever and that's making people act yeah irrationally or whatever. which I love I love, like I love that
2: as an explanation It yeah. like it's the kind of premise that makes uh, enough sense <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to be like a jumping off point like if you think about it too hard it's like nothing there actually tracks but it's it's so interesting you're like yeah okay that's a good explanation i, I never really thought of it as like people starting to understand what was going on because of fluid karma's effects but i i, I buy that because at this point isn't it like uh flowing yeah, we see into the, the smoke, city like yeah.
1: everywhere flowing everywhere yeah
2: yeah it's 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 like at its zenith you know I mean, do we have any more points? Let's see. Uh,
0: on the on on this section of the movie before we talk about cuz I do want to hear a- 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 Alex uh, Alex's uh, um, thoughts of the of the ending since like this chapter is like, happening right before the ending. Um, maybe we'll get
2: there in a bit, but there is there anything else on this chapter in particular that we won't talk about? I mean, It's a it's a powerful chapter, but not a lot actually happens in it. So like plot Mm -hmm. wise, it's all just like it's kind of a climax. But then like all the big shit happens in the next chapter as the movie ends. This is just like the emotional climax to me. I love it. Like it's it's Roland and Ronald meeting face to face. It's it's boxer like closing up all of his uh, romance like (laughs) plot (laughs) bits. I don't know tying everything off and just like mm-hmm. facing down death and taking charge. It's it's great. I just it's like a very surreal. I I kept thinking rewatching it like out of context, all of this would be so insane to see, like every cast member just popping up for a second while Sean looking down over this this uh rich dance ballroom in a mega zeppelin with like the rock and <laughs> sarah Michelle Geller and Mandy Moore dancing. Like it's all Psychotic, and this movie somehow makes it all work and gets here and feels earned. It's just a great bit of the movie. I was really excited when you said this was the section we'd be watching.
1: You also have to think about Rebecca Del Rio as herself is also somewhere on this.
2: Oh yeah, style. yeah, amazing. Because <laughs> she's singing the national anthem. And then it ends with a gunshot. I love that he just shoots a gun. Yeah.
0: Now I yeah I I, I love that transition the 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 gunshot from from this chapter to to the next to the final chapter. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about the final it's chapter. Very
1: interesting, like edit point for the whoever did that arrow chapter skip thing. Yeah, so like it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're,
0: we're gonna go in depth uh, in the in the next episode on like the ending, ending. But I want to get Alex uh, your their thoughts on the ending because um, because like, yeah. th- that's what I want to hear about for for all these guests. It's like they give us so many great uh, points of view on like what they thought of the of the movie and the ending itself. I want to
2: hear your thoughts on the ending, Alec it's funny i really don't think about the ending too much with this movie as much as the ending is like this big finale um because it's kind of all the most obvious like it's it's so weird like it's okay like the everyone dies in the mega zeppelin which i love it's just blowing up all the rich people all the politicians fantastic all the people pulling the strings they get blown up by this like one citizen who was about yeah, to be just drafted some fucking guy. yeah just yeah. some fucking guy who's like really sweet and we we like him a lot like who gets given this yeah. this rocket launcher by the highlander who like you said seems to be dimly aware of <laughs> some overarching plot but has never given us any understanding that he might be until the end a lot of a lot of like cryptic stuff going on here um but like thematically amazing like blow, blowing up all the rich people um Roland and Ronald like meeting face to face using this sci-fi premise as a as a means for like therapy to like forgive yourself for something that you need to move past. It's it's a weirdly small personal thing to end the movie on, and then they also go to that like Christ allegory with him too. Like every like so many characters get to be Jesus in this. Like Boxer <laughs> gets to be Jesus for a second. Um, the kid with the rocket launcher gets to be Jesus for a second as he falls off the ice cream truck. And then, of course, they tell you, bluntly, that the new messiah is Roland Taverner at the end. But, like, I also don't leave the movie understanding if the world really ends there. Like, is that it? Like, <laughs> does everything get engulfed and the fourth dimension collapses in on itself? Um, I You know, you don't you don't get to know. I don't know. I don't really care that much, to be honest. But I, I do love the ending. Now, something that
0: you said, Alec, I, I like just... And, and waken something in me and i'm gonna gonna um point myself yeah. towards marcus right now and, and say marcus i mean with what alec just said about a lot of people in this movie by the end tend to be christ figures is that not maybe like a socialist take on like the uh, uh the prophecy of like the chosen one it's like hey there can be more than one chosen one we have several here i've never thought about
1: that until just now marcus your thoughts you you can make a difference. <laughs> you can be the no Jesus who you are. in your eyes. <laughs> if, if if you're if you're a famous actor or you're a politician or you're just some guy who's depressed and getting drafted to the war, you you all have a chance to 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 make your own destiny and destroy the world. That's true. That's so true. Be the martyr you want to see. Thank you.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, I wonder if the movie is trying to say that anybody could be a Messiah, if it is that angle, because like blunt, like they very bluntly call Roland Taverner the new Messiah, but like yeah, and they're and they're like they're going to be forming the new Jerusalem. That's how they call it. Yeah, and the other two figures die, um, which again, that is very Jesus-like. So maybe that's fine, but. I don't, I don't know uh, what the read is there, and I haven't thought too hard about it because um, I tend to like when someone pulls a, a Christ allegory. It's usually not that interesting, to be honest, to me. Like it's, it's one of the easiest things to do, and it's pretty overdone. And sure. this in this movie, it's done three times. <laughs> I don't mind it here, but I don't think it's one of the more interesting bits going on, like. I'm like as far as the ending goes. I'm like way more drawn to the final line of the movie, which is the third, also third time, uh, third time you hear someone say, "I'm a pimp and pimps don't commit suicide." Like that's the that's the final line of the movie. It's the third time you've heard it, and it hits the hardest here because it's so funny to end your movie on that. Like what a mic drop line, insane line. (laughs) So of the time, like not not a line that would fly at all now, but like. Pimp was used as an adjective for a while in, like, a cool way for, like, the era this movie was made. And because of that, it, like, really cements it as a movie of its time in a good way. Like, it's, it's, uh... (laughs) It was really tapped in. And this sort of, like, insane line being delivered as if it's extremely normal feels very American. (laughs) Feels very post-9-11, yeah. Alec,
1: I want to, I want to, I want to just point out I want to thank you for being I would say or our maybe our first guest who you you do see you do have a genuine love for the movie but you're also critiquing it because I think <laughs> most of the people that we have on, have had on that do love the movie it's been a lot of uh just glorifying everything i mean i mean when uh, we've already recorded the next episode Uh, And I very nearly start to cry As as I'm describing the ending And (laughs) uh, And like to me I get like I'm just like I fucking love Everything about this movie Alec I very much appreciate that you're You're more critical You're more uh, discerning about it You're getting different things from it Like every single person we have had on this show (laughs) You're giving me Different things to think about And like I fucking love it We've said it every time
2: well, yeah, I, I, I'm glad I can give that to this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't, there's nothing I like that I don't critique. Like I think I critique the things I like more than anything else. Cause I, that, that's, I think, that's probably I think the healthiest,
1: uh, the healthiest way to be. Yeah. And <laughs> that is absolutely not me. I'm, you know, I am, <laughs> I'm, really am I'm totally that guy. That's like, <laughs> I, I am a fanboy, whatever the hell. I, I, no, I'm not, I'm not uh, on message boards. Uh, 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 f- uh, or making bot accounts to uh, harass people. I'm not. I'm not that level. <laughs> oh, I do that. I people.
2: Don't yeah. we all do that? I mean, I thought we all did. I've got my big bot network uh, doxing anybody who says something bad about mm. Southland Tales. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and because you have critiqued the movie, unfortunately, Alec, I'm going to have to do that with you. But, yeah. Um... I'll, I'll start saying my address right now. You can come and get me. You can, you can kill me. It's totally fine. I, I, I asked for it by saying something mean about a thing you liked this is the most <laughs> tense this podcast has ever been wow i'm on the sidelines I, just in awe did i piss you guys off <laughs>
1: <What's going on? laughs> marcelo get in here save us uh alec it's been a pleasure Pulled me and alec uh, honestly apart before we rip each other apart
0: <laughs> uh, Alec, it's been a joy. Uh, honestly, it has. Because I, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm with Marcus. So I me mean, let me try to sweep up your mess, Marcus. Like
2: I, I think I said this there earlier. was no mess. Marcus said <laughs> a lot of nice things. Everything's fine. I said, Nothing's listen. tense. Calm down. Stop freaking out. Alec, Alec, can,
0: can I talk to you for a second? Listen, like, Marcus is he's going through a lot right now all right and you know you can't you need to ditch that guy yeah, you cannot do this podcast with him any longer I know I mean you got to get me out of here is what I'm trying to say mean, <laughs> I need to get out we, like we got like 10 more episodes to do it's just a lot it's a lot going on here it's just so much anyway Marcus how you doing over there buddy
1: yeah it, it's very fitting that uh this is not a joke you guys completely cut out during that segment me, so <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. <laughs> So uh, oh, yeah, uh, it is good great. that uh, that you two had that little sidebar. I I hope that it <laughs> has come to a good resolution. Alec, I hope you had a good time being on this show. I did. This was great. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming here. Um, I hope I am going to read the crime hots. I'm going to order your nice hardcover copy of Mr. Boop and I encourage oh, everybody hey, to do that Alec please plug your shit
2: yeah the hardcover turned out amazing yeah you got I mean Mr. Boop uh, you can that read it for beautiful. free it's a comic I made about being married to Betty Boop it's um, it's a work of genius as everyone as everyone smart says I, I, I and think and it is the
1: most important um, uh, literature creation of the last uh,
2: 30 years yeah I agree fully there's no reason that's not true and it's a forty dollar hardcover, which I know is pricey, but it's really nice, and I am floored that we made it. So, um, or you can just read it for free. I also have a comic called Crime Hot that I'm working on. I put out a new chapter every once in a while. I'm working on the third one right now. That one is not safe for work. Actually, neither is Mr. Boop. Nothing I make is safe Uh-oh. for work. Don't read my stuff Uh-oh. at work. But Mr. Boop has sex in it, so like, uh, oh gosh. Yeah and so does crime hot crime hot has more sex in it so if you like sex mm. if you're one of those freaks who likes sex yeah
1: if you're like a freaky guy who likes sex or a girl or whoever sex freaks listen and i
2: know there's not a lot of you out there but you know <laughs> i'm trying to make some niche content not our listeners unfortunately um alec <laughs> thank you
0: um
1: yeah i mean marcus what another great episode Another one in the books. That's chapter that, that that this is chapter 11 done. We this is the second part of our epic trilogy of final guests. Uh, this is recorded before we have found a guest for episode 10.
0: <laughs> Don't spoil <So> it.
2: <laughs> Come on. I was the, about to ask perhaps, who the like, third in the trilogy was, but okay. I know I, I know the other it. one.
1: Perhaps this is the first really of a duology of special guests. <laughs> okay. Uh, just in case episode 10 doesn't pan out the way we want it to. <laughs> uh, but uh, Alec, yeah, you uh, you were one of the first people I had written down on my list of people I wanted to come on here. Because oh, sincerely, wow. I am a very big fan of your work.
2: Did you know I and, liked like Southland Tales? Or
1: was that just... A- yeah, so the thing I did to find everybody that has come on this show so far is just uh, search Southland Tales by people I follow on Twitter and... <laughs> i was like oh holy shit the guy that writes the thing i like he likes this and (laughs) and that'd be cool to get him
2: there was like a day a few years ago like pre-pandemic maybe like 2019 2018 i had i had a small like little house um in glendale and i had like a few friends over was the plan to watch southland tales and it became like A huge group of people, like a huge, we squeezed into this house. There was not enough seating, and we all watched Southland Tales on my tiny, (laughs) tiny TV. And it's one of my most cherished memories. Sounds like a dream. Sounds Mm -hmm. like a dream.
1: And uh, I look forward to the next time that you do that, and you invite me and Marcelo.
2: Of course, you're always
1: invited. (laughs) Oh, what a dream! And uh, so, so that's all you wanted to plug. You got Mr. Boop out there. You got that hardcover.
2: Yeah, follow me on Twitter at at Alec Robbins. Go to alec.land or check out Alec Robbins Racing for my side gig as a race car driver or whatever that guy does <laughs> Yeah, whatever, whatever yes, I do exactly. It, right? You drive a Nissan, I believe. He's a drifter? Uh, I saw, I don't know. Like not a drifter yeah, like yeah, he's you, you he's do some wandering sick through ass life, drift, drifts. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And if if you're listening to this other Alec Robbins, I'm sorry that I stole our domain name. I'm the one who has it. <laughs> And, and uh, he will sell it to you for three million dollars. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's that's so. true. That's actually true. <laughs> and on that note, Marcel, I think I
0: think, I think I think we we, we always end with like uh, vague threats to other people, right? Or <laughs> not threats? Blackmail? Yeah. I don't yeah. know what that was. Yeah. Extortion? Um, I think but it We also end with
2: true, yeah. I'm a pimp, and pimps don't. See, actually, you we're gonna finish. If, now.
1: if, see, yeah, that would have been a great way to end our show. If we were but we smarter, actually figured
2: out a different way to end our
1: show. We, yeah. we thought of a worse way to <laughs> so end. each How do episode. we end our show, Marcelo?
0: We end it very horribly, and we make uh, asses of ourselves yeah. uh, each time we do it to our guests. Exactly. Yeah, we, we sound here, like
1: fucking idiots. So Here we go. Here we Marcello. go. Three, we're gonna two, get into one it. have. Two, one, have a nice apocalyptic nice a apocalypse.
0: A Wee-hee, Pew, 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 pew,